Welcome to episode 86 Oops. of the Motorific Podcast. Crap. Gotta keep Joanne in check. I'm losing count. Sorry. All right. How did I miss well, that? Last week was 85. Last last episode. Uh, I'm just losing It's this it. consistency thing that's throwing you off. I Yeah, I guess Trying so. to return to every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're at least we're actually a day early. Um, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> consistency consistency is a struggle, not for me, not just in podcasting, but in everything. No, this is 86. I was right. No, you said 85, honey. I said 86. Oh, okay. See, I'm, to- I'm losing it. <laughs> wow. It. I'm really off For all game. those listeners following along, you just watched <laughs> that happen. <laughs> you just heard me spiral into, I don't know, early dementia. Joanne is, oh uh, is Sorry. dividing her time between uh, very, very um, strenuous uh, CrossFit workouts and <laughs> working at RevZilla. So she's um, oh. a little bit behind the eight ball today. I think but, so. Uh, and we're down a person and a half. So for the last two hours, it was just two, mm. three of us and instead of usual five. So I was just running around a lot today. Um, it was a really good day. Had a lot of fun. Met a lot of fun people. A lot of fun uh, customers. It was fun. So if you came in today, thanks. <sighs> Had a good time. Mm-hmm. So I do want to shout out to a reader who came in the store. And I'm so off my game that I totally am probably messing up his name. I think he said his name was Morgan. Started with an M. See, that's how bad I am today. Hopefully... Yeah, hopefully you're a listener. Um, but I'm sure, I feel like a lot of people come in, but they don't have time to say hello, or I'm busy, so I can't say hello to them. So if you've been in recently, thanks for coming in. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a little little hectic. Yeah, well, we also have, through um, Facebook that I shared with you, yes. a... A family of listeners. So, so uh, cool. the Beat the Beat family. Lee reached out to us from Birmingham, UK, and he wanted to know if uh, the family could get a mention on our podcast. So there you have it, Lee. Thank you for you and your family listening in Birmingham. Oh, we appreciate it. Cool is that? That's so neat. Yeah, it's pretty rad. That's really rad. Thank you. It's so fun. <laughs> Yes, so much fun. And we apologize if we're a little late sometimes on replying to a message or emailing you back. It's not that we don't read these things. I think we read everything that comes in. Just in general, if we're late on replying, we apologize. We try to get back to you on a timely basis. But we do read everything people send. There's not a lot of mail coming in, so just wanted to put that out there. Um what else was on our Facebook recently? I wanted to chat about. I forgot. I think you shared something this week. Just this last week. I did I? I thought so. I'm just going to pull that up. I th- maybe oh, did I share it? Once I remember, I'll bring that back. Let me see if I can dig it up. Let's see. Um, the last couple weeks. Oh. What else? What have you been up to this week? Or last week? Yeah, just work. No, as far as I see, we've only done episode 85 on here. Okay. I don't know. 
was thinking of something else. You didn't go riding last weekend? Um, yeah, I did, didn't I? God, I can't remember. Oh yeah, uh, Jenny Jenny Smith with Rider Magazine and I oh. did a did a little ride through um, Ojai. Stopped and met up at my favorite little place in Santa Paula to have Ojai. beignets. Aww. So I ate four beignets. Jenny ate one and a half. Nice. <laughs> no one is surprised. And uh, then we met up with my friend Guy Webster for lunch. Guy used to own over three, four hundred, four hundred in lifetime. I think three hundred simultaneously motorcycles, primarily Italian singles, um, and racing. And most of his collection was sold to Robert Talbot for the Talbot Museum up in oh, Carmel Valley. Ooh. And his former mechanic Bobby is now the current mechanic and curator for Moto Talbot. So. Ooh. I think we've. I think I'm pretty sure I've covered this on the podcast previously. But if you happen to be in the area of Carmel Valley, you should definitely stop in to Moto Talbot, which is now officially open. I did a piece on Revzillo's Common Tread not too long ago. That's right. About a review of the museum before it opened, and now it's officially open. So, please stop in and say hi to Bob, uh, bah, Bobby, and Rob. <laughs> They were they are two of the most genuinely enthusiastic people about motorcycles you will probably ever meet. And uh, take it from me, I meet meet a lot of people, so it 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 holds a lot of weight for me to say something like that. So speaking of museums, did you see the article on Common Tread this week? So if you don't know about Common Tread, it is Revzilla.com's community website blog where they do bike reviews, fun articles, like what Christy talked about, what she just mentioned, the article she wrote. Um, I have a couple articles on there. This week there was a really great article about a G German bike museum in mm. East Germany, in Berlin. Looks so awesome. Bikes that you will never see, I think, anywhere outside of Germany because they were behind the Iron Curtain, I guess, for so long. And so this guy was there for a business trip and he took a bunch of really cool photos of bikes you've never heard of, like the Trophy. <laughs> um, that's a brand, apparently. Um, and the really random bikes, uh, an MZ. I don't know if you've ever heard of the brand MZ. I have. Yeah, I, I have only because my girlfriend had a Scorpion with a K, kind of like mm -hmm. the band. And it's a, it's a really cool Supermoto-style dual sport bike and uh she was always tearing around san francisco with it that's the only reason i know about mz but apparently mz also made a 350 cc two-stroke boxer twin between 1956 and 59 and some other bikes and then other obscure brands that you again you never heard of like the pity <laughs> it's a pity scooter from a company called iwl and it's a oh, adorable wow. is that adorable um just such some, a weird yeah, yeah, right? Just some really cool, obscure stuff. Um, more MZs, which I've never seen other ones. Uh, a BMW knockoff, apparently. I like the troll. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that neat? And then there was a, dis there's a display weird. called in, in German called Schoenenfund. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's called Barn Finds. So it's a mm. little display of cool little bikes, I guess, people found in barns. So just a lot of really cool, um, you know, Cold War era 
motorcycles and scooters um, that you'll only find there. Uh, just really cool stuff. And he took a ton of killer photos and described them a little bit and the history. So it's up on Common Treads blog on the homepage right now. If you subscribe to Common Treads email blasts, you probably saw it, but I just thought that was so cool. You know, motorcycles behind the Iron Curtain. Who knew? Who knew? Didn't even know, you know. Just cool brands. Mm, Simpson, too. Right. Interesting. What's that? Right? It's, like the, it's got like a little leather bib on it. <laughs> I personally enjoy this BMW knockoff. Um, it says, when Germany was partitioned, the communists took over an existing BMW factory, complete with tooling for a BMW 250cc single designed in the 30s. They continued to make that bike after the war until BMW successfully sued them for trademark violation. After 52, the design continued to be sold as an EMW, which stands for Eisenacher Motorin Work. So hmm. it's totally a BMW knockoff, if you look at it. The rondelle <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a bmw rondelle but instead of blue and black it's white and red um i mean the pinstriping it's just copied bmw so that's kind of cool that kind of stuff it, to me is just fascinating um if i ever go to berlin i'm totally going to this museum we'll check this stuff out but if you're a you know vintage racing and motorcycle fan it's it sounds like a museum you don't want to miss so check out that article I think you'll, even if you're not into old, you know, race bikes, there's just some really cool stuff in there. And uh, he's a, he's written a nice little story about that. Hmm. Lots of museums. So cool, right? Um. Interesting. Well, I have some, I would say, not even gossip, just Ooh. chatter about the oh. Motorcycle Film Festival. Oh, yeah? Where's that, New York? So... Yes. yes, has been in New York for quite some time. And uh, basically, this this past film festival turned out to be a bit of a shit show. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, as, as listeners may know, the film festival is the only motorcycle-themed film festival, I think, in, in the U.S., like exclusively motorcycles. And it is probably in its like fourth or fifth year and the selections are screened like they're not picked by just an individual person who reviews oh, oh someone wants probably... you yeah. <laughs> i should i should probably turn that off um <laughs> so i will take so the the individual films and the docs and the shorts and everything are are kind of screened and picked by a group of people they're not picked by an individual person Okay. And uh, That's cool. Yes. And uh, the film festival is started by uh, Corinna Montlow and then um, another individual. And then the group from Indian Larry took over the other individual's position. So it became, I think, Indian Larry, 51%, Corinna, 49 Don't quote me on the statistics. Hmm. And hmm. basically, one of the, after all the selections were done, and I think Corinna handled all of that. After all the selections were made and information was dispersed out to each of the um, producers and directors and filmmakers and people booked their tickets, they um, started advertising on the website, Indian Larry found out that one of the film selections 
was about a former bike builder, uh, well, current bike builder named, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, Kino Sasaki. Hmm. And he used to work with Indian Larry, or at least under the actual Indian Larry individual, as opposed to the group, um, under his tutelage years ago. And they went their separate ways maybe 10 years Wait, ago. didn't Indian Larry die? Yes, Indian Larry died. Like but the ago. strangeness of having a, kind of a, a name and a brand for yourself yeah, yeah. and not leaving any sort of air or definition of who will inherit your company, oh. a group of people just assumed the Indian Larry name. Oh. So Indian Larry Motorcycles still lives on, yeah, but does. under a group of people. Interesting. And so I found that particularly odd that if you have some sort of a legacy, you might want to like make sure it it goes somewhere, or else yeah. people are just going to kind of squirrel underneath the umbrella and continue it on. So yeah. Anyway, so wow. so one of the film selections is about uh, Kino Sasaki, who used to build with the original Indian Larry, and then they went their separate ways, and then. Um, so it's it's a short film, and I want to say it's less than, like, 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just a documentary um, hmm. started by these or, or made by these guys in his native Japan who were flying out, booked their tickets, ready to go. And, of course, a 14-minute film with, I think the film festival is over, like, a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So that's a very small percentage of the actual film festival. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that... Um, the guys behind Indian Larry were not stoked that this guy was going to be covered in any way, shape, or form, let alone 14 minutes of fame. Why? And there wasn't even a reference to Indian Larry in the documentary, as as I understand it. Uh, they just didn't want anyone that's previously associated with the brand. I don't know. Um, huh. I don't know specifics as to why, but they were pretty devout in their desire to prevent this film from being shown. However... You know, the the filmmakers have already bought their tickets from Japan. Um, Everyone's excited about it. And Corinna was like, no, I'm not pulling it from the lineup. So basically, Indian Larry jumped in there and said, all right, you're out. Because they had the lion's share of the percentage of running the film festival. So when she backed out or was forced out, um, a lot of the judges, actually the entire panel of judges who, you know, are fairly uh fairly big for the motorcycle industry um you know cycle world uh mm-hmm. vintagent um mm-hmm. everyone pretty much just backed out after that happened so they had to basically fill the spots with all of their friends in order to keep the thing going and I don't know that any of this was really that public prior to the actual film festival happening and apparently it was just terribly managed in her absence. And uh, I don't know whether or not it's going to see another year unless they somehow can rebrand it and bring it back. Interesting. A lot of pretty sad stuff about that. So anyway, I hope that um, hmm. I hope that somehow we can keep a motorcycle film festival alive, whether it be the previous brooklyn new york motorcycle film festival or whether you know something else can happen where we can keep it going maybe on the west coast yeah that's a bummer yeah 
Oh, why can't we just get along? Oh, it's motorcycle. I know. Oh. <laughs> it's it's two wheels. It's an engine. Oh. It's fourteen minutes across a couple of days. Movies. Does nothing to your branding. But uh, you know, kudos to her to standing her ground and not changing things. So it's just yeah. unfortunate that uh, it's unfortunate for the filmmakers that that all of that had to happen. Yeah, and so the filmmakers can't... and the people who bought tickets traveled across country for the whole experience. Like I feel yeah terrible for those guys. Well, maybe I don't know. Does someone is someone like own the festival? Like, is there a person who started I, it? I essentially yeah, Corinna started it, but oh. unfortunately when uh, when she split with her previous partner, yeah. Indian Larry came in and uh, took the the lion's share of the festival ownership. Oh. So. Ouch. A little difference of opinion there. Oh. And things went sideways. Well, hopefully she's able to make that work a little better next year. And I don't know, maybe new partners? Hmm, that's a bummer. Yeah, you'd have to entirely rebrand it if you don't currently own it, so. Speaking of movies, um, you know, I find that, like, in, you know, motorcycling just in general being that we've been in it for so long and um i mean not forever we've been in it for 50 years but it, you know i've been in the riding world for over 10 years and i just assume <laughs> i assume too much that oh you haven't seen that wait it's just you know and uh, a couple of customers come in today um they were so cute they came they came out and they look looking for me and uh in the showroom, we have a movie running just just in the background up on the TV wall. There's no audio, so you're just, you know, just visual to watch a, have a movie running. And we have Why We Ride running right now. And uh, nice. they looked at it and they're like, what is that? I go, it's Why We Ride. Haven't you seen it? <laughs> seen it like 10 times. You haven't seen it? And they're like, no, I don't know what it is. And so there are people there who don't know about these killer movies. He, they did know about um, Any Given Sunday and like Dust oh, of Glory. Good. Yeah, Dust of Glory. But they didn't know about Why We Ride. So, You know what was a really funny anecdotal story about that oh. movie, Why We Ride, is that they show it at the AMA Motorcycle Museum in Anamosa, or at least they, they were. Yeah. And when Alonzo Bowden did a cross-country trip on a motorcycle, he happened to stop by that museum. Yeah. yeah. And so he was met by this... Uh, woman maybe uh the curator and mm -hmm. she was like oh and you know if you want to go downstairs they're uh they're showing the movie uh why we ride <laughs> and, and alonzo Oops. starts laughing well, maybe <laughs> and, she and, was just a hostess and, maybe. and he's like well i'm very familiar with that movie she's like oh you know of it and he's <laughs> like i'm in it <laughs> Oh, well, maybe she's a volunteer and she is just there for greeting. Right, right. It's Clearly has not seen the movie because if you have, you're going to remember Alonzo Bowden for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's very cute. Yeah, right now we have it We have it running up on the, uh, on the Revit wall when you walk in. Yeah, that was... Very cute, but yeah, that's a great movie. If you haven't seen Why We Ride, it is in. It's probably on Amazon. It's on their website, whywe-ride.com, and it's just a great little overview of multiple lifestyles of motorcycling and talking to really a variety of people in the industry, from the Clock family, Laura and Brian, and then one of her daughters, I think, or all of her daughters, to um, oh God, her name is 
blanking out of my brain. Melissa Paris. Oh, Melissa's in there with her husband, but also uh, Gloria Strzok, who wow. is the uh, one of the oldest uh, women in the Motormaids, who's been a Motormaid forever, I think 60 years, something like that, 50, 60 years, and she's got a little book um, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Troy, I think Troy Lee they also interview, so they just kind of grab a person from multiple aspects of motorcycling and just talk to them about why they ride motorcycles like Melissa talks about why she races and Gloria talks about why she still loves to ride and it's just a great kind of overview of motorcycling so it's pretty broad they they, they look at a you know dirt people riding on dirt bikes there's people riding on vintage bikes there's people on cruisers so it does grab someone from kind of each area of riding which is cool it, it's something you could show like say your neighbor and they're like why are you riding motorcycles for they're so dangerous you know and you show them because that. this right exactly you show them this movie and they go oh okay and they and it and it would give someone outside of our bubble of motorcycling a little just a little bit of insight i mean you know no movie can cover every single you know person or or walk of life and when it comes to motorcycling just because we are so varied and there's so much um, variety in riding in terms of ethnicities and cultures and background but they they try to grab a little bit of each and go hey why do you like riding and and what is it about you know racing that you love or what is it about cruising that you like or whatever and it just gives someone from the outside at least a sampling of where you come from and I, I find it to be pretty relatable and i mean honestly you could do probably a 20 part series hmm. and, you know and this turn this movie into a year-long tv show and interview so many different people so it's a lot of interviewing and there's sure, like tons of outtakes yeah and there's some cool like there's one little shot where they're doing b-roll in san francisco oh because they go to piston and chain and they hmm. shoot a little bit of b-roll they don't they spend like 10 seconds and it's in their building and you see the uh, door open, you know, but they're in San Francisco and they're on like Bush Street right in the financial district. Mm, and uh, and they're filming a couple people who are getting on their bikes and leaving work and uh, just on the street there, you know, so just some really cool shots of riding. So it's why we yeah. ride. Today happens to be Laura Clock's birthday. Oh, um, I don't think we're going to end up posting this on actual Saturday. I'll probably, you oh. know, maybe. 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 But oh. uh, at any rate, if it's Sunday and we post this and you happen to be friends with Laura on Facebook, mm -hmm. drop her a message. Tell her happy birthday. I just talked to Brian last night. If you're not familiar with Clockworks Racing, uh, well, actually, there's two components to the Clock family, right? There's the racing component, Laura Clock and her daughters all race on the Bonneville Salt Flats. So does Brian. Right. That's oh, Brian a little too? known part of it. Yeah. Ah, well, uh, yeah, that's great. Good for him. <laughs> but all the women in the clock family race, but they also make hard parts. They make um, clockworks, I believe, windscreens and some that's other... That's how they got their start. Yeah, and other bike parts. So they, they're just kind of this multifaceted family in the motorcycle industry and they're they're just a really cool, uh, cool bunch of people. So um, they're in there as well. And there is also a documentary about um, about uh, the ladies currently going around. I'm going to try to look it up because I can't remember. 
I can't remember what it's called. I'm terrible. Um, yeah, the Clockworks, I think their biggest seller is the flare windshield for uh, American V-Twin. Got it. Yeah, I know Revzilla carries some other products. Just not familiar with what specific brands and models, but... Um, yeah, they sell a lot of aftermarket parts. Mm-hmm. It is called... Oh, damn. Where is it? Erg. Clocked Women with Horsepower. And that uh, documentary nice. is uh, was made by Michelle Bauer Carpenter. And the very first screening, like, I think open to the public screening that they had was just recently at the Breckenridge Film Festival um, just a couple weeks back. So if you follow, I think, the Clockworks website, I'm sure they'll discuss when that movie will be traveling around. But I think it had some uh, some pretty good feedback from its first uh, first screening. So look forward to them coming to a major city near you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to re-update that when you hear if you hear more about mm-hmm. it. Um, oh, I went on a ride last week. Duh. If you follow my Instagram feed or my Facebook page, um, then you'll see the photos I posted of my covered bridge ride. Because here on the East Coast, there are mm, millions of covered you. bridges. <laughs> I hate you. There's like a whole tour of covered bridges for Pennsylvania. And specifically, a couple of counties out here. Um, Philadelphia County doesn't have as many as, say, the next counties. So Bucks County is north. That one has a f- quite a few. Delaware County, that's to the west. That also has a bunch. And then Montgomery County to the northeast, northwest, excuse me. And then Jersey. I haven't even touched Jersey. But I did a short little covered bridge ride. Um, it, it hit like, we hit like four bridges, I'd say, in this tour. I think there were five, but I ran out of time to go to the last one. So we, yeah, we rode through, took some pictures, posed a little bit, you know, they're, they're, it, they're trafficked roadways. So there are cars actually traveling on it. So we tried to like pose a little bit, but then cars would come in, but we got a couple of fun pictures inside the bridges. Um, yeah, there are a lot of them are a couple hundred years old. And I tried to take pictures of the signs. So like one bridge in Bucks County, it was called the Nets Bridge, like with a K, K-N-E-C-H-T-S, connects or necks. And that was, uh, what is, I can't even read that. It's like 1800s or, oh God, my sight is sucking. But these are pretty old bridges that they are uh, trying to preserve. Um, 1873. So apparently there's quite a few in Bucks County, um, but this particular one is from 1873. It's a one-way. Most of the bridges are one-way, so you can only go, you know, you only fit one car or whatever. And this is a short one, and they're not, like, crazy long. I'd say they're, I don't know, anywhere from, like, 20 feet long to 50 yards or something like that. They're not, they're not that big usually, at least the ones I've been through. But um, that was fun. The, the weather last weekend for us was 70, 75. And I think for you, is it still hot? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's still cozy. <laughs> oh, sorry. See, that's what we had this summer. Mm-hmm. So now we get some fall. So it's like low 70s, high 60s. 
So really, really, really good weather. Um, doing the bridge tour and then we stopped for ice cream and lunch or coffee and lunch. Sorry, we didn't have any ice cream. Um, at the mm. uh, coffee roast. Terrible you. Yeah, it was terrible. But it was fun. It was just me and Evan. And we just tooled around and um, did some really fun back roads. Hit some farms. Of course, there's always farms. So we rode around some of the back roads and hit some bridges. It was fun. Just kind of, uh, oh, got stuck in the dirt. You know, just the usual. Because <laughs> I know I. I didn't know what this route was like. I just, someone sent, said it to me. So I was like, let's try it. And I had no idea what the roads would be like. I mean, I assume most of it was paved, but at one point we hit a gravel patch. So all of a sudden the road stopped and then the gravel, and I guess you would call it chip seal where it's a mm. lot of gravel and, yeah. and rocks, but not sand. It's just, you know, gravel rocks. Um, and so we just kept going and then that turned into a small kind of back road, a little windy, twisty little back road, not very long, maybe a couple miles. And at one point it was a uphill left hand or a downhill left hand switchback, like a little hairpin. Um, and we, it was a left turn. And so we're going like, 10 mile. I mean, I'm going like 15. I'm not going very fast through this, but we make a left turn and there are these cars, like two cars pulled over on the left. I have no idea what they're like. I don't know what they're doing there, but there's people like standing by the side of the road. I don't think they expected us to be coming through. So we're, we're just like riding through and they're looking at us like we're crazy. Yeah, it was a little crazy, but you know, by that point, like we were already half a mile in and the road is, it's a one lane road. So turning around in that would have been a pain in the ass. So I, I just figured, I don't know. I mean, if it gets really bad, we could turn around later, but might as well just keep going. Cause it'll probably only be like half a mile more. And it was only like another three quarters of a mile of this gravelly stuff. And, and then it just kind of winded a little bit twist and turned a little and then uh and then we got into another road with pavement so luckily it uh worked itself out but it was a little dicey there like what are we what are we gonna do if this really turns into dirt like i can't i don't know i don't know i want to be on here it's just like the usual like sport bike uh you know scared of dirt but it could have been worse Aww. you know could have fallen over Exactly. <laughs> At one point, I was going a little too Keep fast. Keep her clean, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, clean too. But uh, I just don't want to break anything. Like, I don't want to break pieces or bust body parts on my bike. That's all. I don't I don't mind getting it dirty. I just... the When we went on the state college tour two weeks ago, I went over this huge chunk of... It was rock, I think, that fell down from the side of the road, you know, like cliffs on the side of the road. And I think some rocks came down onto the road. So I accidentally went over it and both of my tires went over it. And now there's little scratches. Like I scratched both wheels because of this stupid rock. So I just want to avoid hitting body parts that I have to replace. Bike parts, huh? excuse me. Bike body parts. parts. 
Really? You can replace body parts? Bike body parts. You know, engine covers, those things. I just don't want to scratch any more things on my bike. That's all. (laughs) But at one point, I was going a little too fast in the dirt. Sorry, honey. But it's the only way. (laughs) In my mind, I feel like I feel safer going 15 or 20 through the gravel than I do going five. You know, if there's a lot of you know what I mean? I just yeah. feel no, way... No, I think you have stability with speed. That's why they say right? when in doubt, throttle it out. Well, I mean, on pavement, I totally feel that. But then with this dirt and gravel nonsense, it just felt... Oh, same. I... Is it the same? Okay. It just mm. felt weird to go much slower. I wanted to get out of there, too. So I was trying to pick up a little bit of speed, but you know, slow down a little bit and just get through it. But... Yeah, your your front wheel walks a lot more if, if you don't have more speed behind you when you're in dirt. But I wonder if, so if I had knobby tires on and I'm going slower, does it feel more stable if you're going like 5, 10 miles an hour with knobby ones? Mm, I doubt it. No? I've never been in the dirt or gravel on a knobby bike. I've only been in this in dirt or sand on a, on my with sport tires. I don't know mm. how that's happened. but You rebel. I, yeah, well, there was that one time when I went to Lake Tahoe. And that was, what, five years, four years ago? And they took us on the old um, Highway 50. So I don't know if you've ever been on Highway 50 around Lake Tahoe, but apparently the old highway. I have a job site up there, actually. Passed it the last time I was in Tahoe. All right. So there's a a obscure road off of Highway 50 um, up the side of the mountain, and and it's a private property now. So you, hmm. you go up there if you know about it, and if you're mm-hmm. lucky, the, I guess the fence is open, but they can, I think when the we- weather's bad, they'll lock the fence. But since we were there in, like, July, it was open, I guess. So we turn off of Highway 50, and then we start climbing up this, what appears to be a road to nowhere. So hmm. as we go up there... Um, they're like oh, those are always good uh yeah i guess i had no i didn't know they were going to take us here and they're like oh there's a little bit of dirt like all right what's up with a little dirt not the whole road i didn't think the whole road would be dirt <laughs> so it was sand and dirt mostly sand too and it's a it was a narrow one lane windy windy little road um on the side of the mountain and then going out to the back of it or something and i I nearly lost my rear wheel, um, but it like washed out a little bit in the sand and, um, I made it through, but that was, yeah, that was not fun. Um, but I, I don't know. Somehow I take my bikes into the dirt when I'm not supposed to. Someday I'll have an appropriate vehicle for the dirt, for the actual dirt. (laughs) One with more clearance so I won't be scared about bottoming out my engine. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Covered bridges, dirt. Mm, I hate you. You know, so when you come out and visit in the spring or whatever, we will do a covered bridge tour. There are more to see. Yes, please. Covered bridge porn. Yeah. yeah, Count me in. I, I still, they were nice. They were really cute. Like these Bucks County ones, it looks like they're trying to preserve them and, and they have all the signs are identical. So they all look consistent. It says Bucks County and it has the same lettering. So they're taking care of these bridges, which is beautiful. 
But um, by far, my favorite bridge was the one that I took photos of two years ago. It was like the first covered bridge I ever went in, and it was beautiful. <laughs> so we wanted to go there, too, but uh, we left too late. But we'll, nice. um, we'll get some more photos. Every time I see a covered bridge, I think of Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, that um, was my first covered bridge experience in, in feature film. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be much better in real life when we go riding. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've seen a couple when I was riding in the mm-hmm. South. I saw a few, but Aww. unfortunately it was off to the side and I was with other people and I couldn't Aww. just go up, time out, covered bridge. Oh, bummer. All right. Well, we'll do one. When you come out, yes. we'll do a covered bridge tour. Yes. It's lot, yeah, there's a lot to see. And it's not even Jersey. I haven't even got New Jersey and I think they even have some stuff. So I lots to see. <laughs> lots to see. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess there's a, a recall oh. for zero electric motorcycles. Oh, there's a power converter issue. So if you're currently bouncing around on a zero motorcycle, you should probably uh, check in with your dealer. Here it's a Hollywood Electrics in Southern California. Find out whether or not your bike is in need of some sort of recall fix. And what else? We have uh, we have one of our regular listeners, Roger, oh. in Australia, mm. and he always sends me um, Africa twin porn. So he <laughs> likes to send over photos of him riding his Africa twin everywhere. So he's camping, the Africa twin, and it's the the red and white um, color white. It's pretty cool. That's funny. so. Shout out to Roger for always hitting us up on Twitter and sending me photos hey how was the distinguished gentleman's ride you went on that didn't you ah yes thank you for reminding me yeah see i i forget so much of what i do from a week-to-week basis Listen, you, you know it, it, was, it was it was pretty crazy so um that was uh, on sunday last sunday or two sundays ago and that started was it last Sunday? Oh, it was last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Started in downtown LA, which is great because that's like 10 minutes away from me. And uh, they closed off Grand Avenue near the Disney Hall. So that was nice. So I got to park in the middle of the street. And I didn't get there right when they started queuing up. So I got there closer to the end, which meant that I think we had like over 800 motorcycles. Like I don't know. The final total I've heard was in the 800s. I don't know if that was people or two wheels, but... Um, there are a lot of bikes and I saw the scooters come in. So I was kind of stoked because I knew that if I tried to find my bike again and saw a ton of scooters, I'd gone too far because <laughs> without a, without a little beep beep, it's like, where the hell's my motorcycle? There are 800 of them in here. And believe it or not, a girl, two bikes away from me had the same exact year, same exact motorcycle, same exact color. She's like nice. twinsies. Nice. <laughs> And so that was kind of a trip. You know, I haven't seen another creamsicle in the wild, so that was cool. That's funny. But, um, yeah, my friends uh, from the Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club were helping lead. And they were in front and trying to get me to uh, somehow make my way up there. But being in the middle and probably behind, like, 500 bikes, it wasn't about to happen. So riding in a big group like that, I was wondering mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. daunting that would be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a slow cruise. We did about 40 miles, probably took like an hour, maybe a little more, hour and a half maybe. It was really hot. Um, I had a 
cool little vest and a long sleeve shirt with my Alpine Star Vika jacket over it and then my Alpine Star Riley pants. So you can still keep the theme somewhat and um, be protected out there. Wore my fry boots, so I think the only technically um, less than what I normally wear were the were the fry boots. Otherwise, I had full face. Um, my Dainese K5, that's uh, or AGV rather K5, that's uh, black and white stripe. So it's a lot of fun, and um, I was kind of wondering whether or not the bike would be able to make it for like an hour and a half or two hours because it's air cooled and we weren't going very mm. fast, and it was upper 90s and just yeah. very slow so yeah. not a lot of wind i was actually i think that was what everybody was wondering <laughs> because there are a lot of uh far more valuable and precious and uh, older motorcycles than mine yeah. and cool. uh, surprisingly we all made it um maybe save like three or four there were no accidents that i'm aware of and uh, the herd thinned quite a bit so i was able to kind of sneak my way up to the front so i could keep my my buddies in in my sights they had a couple of Porsches, uh, a Speedster, and, and a Coupe. I want to say it was like a 356C. Mm. Um, don't know the years, but most likely 50s, 60s. And uh, it was a real pleasure to be riding behind those two because I'm like, if you were to hand me the keys to every single motorcycle, so you're looking at over 500 bikes, or hand me the keys to either of those Porsches, I'd be taking the Porsche hands down no matter what. I just, oh, those cars are gorgeous. It's like the right year, the right model, everything. But um, <laughs> some of that ride kind of felt like I was riding in India because we're literally all up on each other. Mm. And the minute you back off for whatever reason, if you see someone give a hand signal and you decide to back off because they want, you know, something uh, to move through or they're trying to signal someone to come through, tons of people jam right in front of you. So it was um, it was an interesting experience. wasn't nearly as trying as I thought it would be, and I was so dehydrated along with everybody. I think mm. by the time we got to Culver City, that uh, I was desperately seeking water, and they had water inside, but I did not know that. And so the first thing I saw were popsicles. Nice. So I ran over to the popsicles and jammed a few in my face, and then went looking for water and probably drank like four or five bottles of water. Did not pee once. <laughs> so um, it was it was a lot of fun. I don't you know I'm I'm usually not around in uh, end of September, at least in Los Angeles. I try to not be around during the month of September, but um, this year I was. So it was the first time I was able to participate. Two years ago, I was really close to being able to participate in India, but um, that didn't happen. So, yeah. Can't complain. Nice. Went like, you know, 40, 25 to 40 women and about seven or 800 guys. Not going to complain about that ratio. <laughs> seven, 800 people? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Seven or 800 people. That's crazy. That's a little too much for me. I don't know that I could do that. It's just... It's surprisingly not as bad as you think. Oh. It's mm -hmm. cool. They, I know they did that here, too. They did it here up in, I think, Philadelphia Triumph was the host yeah, Triumph's point. A, Triumph's a sponsor of that event. Yeah, so I want to say here it was in the, it started, I think, at the dealer in Maniac, I believe. But um, we were busy with our Bell event the day before, so. 
that went that was really fun for us too Really yeah, fun. how did that go? It was Tell really fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Josh Heron, who's an AMA Pro Road Racer and Moto America uh, Yamaha sponsored racer, also a Bell sponsored racer, he came Such out. Such a little cutie. You know, he came out. And he's just this really nice guy. He's just, you know, he's not like wearing. He wasn't wearing like Bell or Yamaha stuff, so <laughs> he just kind of blended in. Like, hey, you know, someone's here to hang out. So he was really nice and. Um, a bunch of people went on a group ride with him through the Navy Yard through South Philly. So they, cool. had, they had a good time. Yeah, they had a good time, like, just driving around and taking pictures. And it was fun. People won some things. People got slonked. I didn't win anything. Um, and then <laughs> everybody had a little coupon in their bag to get a little discount on their uh, goodies that day they checked out with. So... That's fun. People had a good time. We had a lot of people swing by. So hopefully there will be another event this winter because it's always fun to have people come in and hang out and um, give away pretzels. You know, mm. it's fun. Snacks, drinks, goodies. Mm, snacks. It was fun. Yeah. Cena was there, uh, you know, sharing info about Cena headsets. And um, someone won a 20S. Someone won a Bell uh, Raystar helmet. Nice. And yep, and then a bunch of people uh won some gift cards and what else did they give away? Oh, Josh Heron autographed the Alpine Stars jacket he was wearing. And Ooh. so someone won that. Yeah, it was really cute. It was really fun. Wow, got rid of the jacket off his back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cuz I think he's a Yamaha or uh, Alpine Stars sponsored as well writer mm-hmm. so mm-hmm, it was good. And then he had to fly back home wherever that is around two o'clock, three o'clock. So I called him an Uber, and then he went home. So it seems like he had a he had a good time. So you can catch some of the photos on Revzilla's Instagram feed, um, Instagram.com/slash/Revzilla. I think they posted some on Facebook as well, and I posted a bunch of photos in the Facebook event. So I took some random pictures um, of the afternoon there. If you want to check that out, ah. don't mind me. I'm just trying not to curl up into a crampy ball <laughs> Aww. I'm too tired to stand up so I'm sitting um, sitting else? in a hot closet I'm sitting it's well it's for once it's not that hot because the high today is That's like nice. 68 or 65 it's kind of gloomy we're supposed to get rain tomorrow yeah good times mm-hmm. so ow nothing exciting um, any bike launch? We haven't missed any bike launches recently, have we? Or anything like bike? I haven't news? heard no. anything recently, but I think we're gonna have a bit of a lull before yeah. um, November because yeah. November is ICMA. Yes. So um, True. I think it's the first week of November is ICMA, and then maybe the second or third week of November is the IMS show in Long Beach. Oh yeah, that's true. So we'll have some new news. I think I did see a story about, I think at ICMA, I want to say Ducati is launching a new bike. Where did I see that? Is uh, that the one that they've already had at um, World Ducati Week? I don't the, know. The very low run model of the um, um, Panigale? Maybe. The new Super Sport. Let's see. Um, sneak peeks at the 2017 range. They had a limited edition that they showed at uh, World Ducati Week. Then it'll probably be, I'm, I'm sure that'll probably be it at ICMA as yeah. well. Um, or at Intermont, excuse me. Inter, they were launching a new uh, super sport at Intermont. Intermont is the German uh, major bike show. So mm-hmm. apparently that is that happened. 
that's going to happen October 4th, apparently. Mm. Um, so I'm unveiling wow, a Super Wow, that's sport. like this week? Yeah, I don't know. That should be interesting. So I'm sure we'll see something about that this week, and then we can uh, um, mention that. Chat about it in 87? Yes. Uh, see, I'm keeping track. I just thought 86? No. Mm. So <laughs> my brain, I <laughs> did all my thinking, and I, you know, I did all my talking, and I used my brain. Completely Why today. don't you tell us about your, your motorcycle men interview? Oh, yes. So last Tuesday, I uh, ditched my CrossFit class so I could talk about motorcycles. It's uh, <laughs> It was really fun. Um, motorcycle Men is a newer, slightly newer podcast. Um, it's MotorcycleMen.us, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I posted a link to the episode. I think I did it on the motorific page i believe um if not we'll, we'll repost it into this show notes but i had a lovely chat with the three guys who host that podcast um ted is the ringleader and um <laughs> he was so nice everyone was so sweet and uh i think i wowed them a little bit with my motorcycle knowledge uh <laughs> But it was really fun, and they, you know, they're they're coming from a slightly different motorcycling lifestyle. You know, they all ride cruisers. Um, They know nothing about sport bikes. They know nothing about triumphs, let alone street triples or speed triples. So I had a really fun time just sharing with them kind of what that, what those bikes are all about. And uh, I, I particularly enjoyed talking to them about how those the two bikes that we have the street triple and the speed triple that although they have the same uh seat heights how i personally have very different reach experiences on them all due to a multitude of factors such as ergonomics seat shape um, peg positions handlebars tank i mean just all the different things to come into play as to how i could have I could be feel taller on one and lower on another, and and that was fun to just kind of break that down for them and and just introduce them to a new world of motorcycling that they may not have been previously aware of, and I thought that was fun because I'm always excited to to give people a little more insight into the aspect of motorcycling that I really love and that I'm passionate about because uh, not everyone is. You know, I find I think when you ride something, like say you start riding a Bonneville and maybe it's your second bike or your first bike and you're, all you know are people who ride maybe other Bonnevilles um, and that's just how maybe you got introduced to the bike you purchased. You tend to stay in that circle, uh, I'd say generally speaking, you know, it de- depending on where you live and kind of the bike culture, um, it, it can vary. So it's a lot of times I think you find yourself sequestered into the world of riding that you're in. So me, I'm definitely cornered into the sport, sport touring, um, race and touring and adventure touring ish that that's kind of the newest avenue of, I think, uh, bike lifestyle that I've been introduced to more recently between the people I've met and the friends I've made who ride more of those bikes. Um, 
so it's not uncommon, you know. So it's, I'd say if you ride a Harley, and that's, you probably know a lot of people who ride Harleys, and that's how you got into riding a Harley or riding your um, Yamaha Cruiser. Um, if you ride a Cruiser, maybe all you know are people who ride Cruisers. And so why would you know anything about, you know, my kind of motorcycle? So I, I thought that was really fun, and they were just so nice, and they had really fun questions. So they emailed Ted the host, main host, he emailed us both some questions and Christy replied with her answers and he shared those answers as well. That was really cool. So uh, we got to hear, you know, he still kind of got to hear both of us um, and our opinions. And um, Oh, we've got plenty. Yeah, Always. well, we have too many. So We're never short of opinion. <laughs> so it was nice to have that feedback too. So it was great. They were so open and honest and they had some really great questions coming from where they they are and uh, they're local they live in new jersey so they're only like an hour local to you maybe local to me so they're only they're in my time zone and um, we're gonna try at some point somehow to meet halfway um close to uh, not new hope but a little bit north up the river so somehow guys somehow we'll meet up and have coffee or ice cream or something so it was fun. I'm hoping we'll get on the show again sometime soon. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know, as much as I love yeah, our show, you know. Women and motorcycling, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for them, that's certainly another aspect of riding they're not used to chatting with. Like, they don't hang out with a group of women who ride motorcycles. I'm sure most of the women they know are passengers and not drivers. Mm-hmm. So that was another cool aspect of riding didn't they say you were the first guest they said i was the first female guest but i think they had another woman on who rode a harley i think was technically Hmm. their first guest i think but i might have been one of their first ones so yeah that was that was cool and and uh hopefully it opened them up learned some things and now they hopefully have a slightly different uh perspective maybe i wowed them i impressed them with my trip that i made to uh when i did deals gap mm-hmm. when i did that because that was for me almost a 2000 mile trip it was like a 1900 or like around there ireland too right did you talk about ireland i talked a little bit about ireland but like just my longest trip i've ever done in general with or without p- other people was deals gap that was six days by myself it was a lot of riding <laughs> a lot yeah of riding. I think we talked about it. Uh, it's the most recent episode, and I want to say that that interview starts at like 53 minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around that time frame. Yep, somewhere in. I came in. I called in a little bit into their um, into their show, so I was like the last thing, I guess. Yeah, so it was fun. Thanks, guys. Hope to talk to you soon. So that was fun. Ah. Oh. Oh, uh, last thing I want to mention is I am a little late, but this weekend I'm going to put out my email newsletter. I just put one out a week or two ago, but I'm putting together a fall winter um, gear book, so to speak. So I'm Mm. putting together some recommendations for um, head to toe, except helmet, really uh, jacket, pants, boots, gloves um, to get ready for fall and winter riding. So if you want to see that, uh, please, please sign up for my newsletter. It's on my website. There's a sign up button. And I'll probably push that out a little bit late. That probably won't go out till Monday at this rate because I'm not quite done with it. So it's going to be a pretty full one 
with some new stuff that's just come out from different brands and then just some st uh, standby stuff that's been around but some outfits to look at boots shoes you know gloves that sort of thing so check it out new threads baby yeah oh, like i need more stuff in my closet but oh mm -hmm. speaking of new stuff i'm still my exxon collection of black gear mm. <laughs> hey you know it goes with everything um <laughs> i i'm still test riding this ruka jacket it's the ruka flexina and that thing is warm i'm actually excited to go riding in the cold with it because i want to see how warm it keeps me so stay tuned for a review of that as well how long have you had it i've actually had it since spring the oh, okay the so it hasn't really been that cold for you no the problem <laughs> is when it showed up it was 80 already oh, i bummer. can't wear this it's too it was just too warm yeah. i couldn't wear it i wore it like once so now that the weather is finally cool um i can actually wear it so i'm gonna wear it all month and then uh, do a review very shortly so look for that just stretching it out you know Mm-hmm. awesome I am. well i think joanne is starving I'm so. hungry. I'm just I'm more in pain. Hmm. I'm just trying to. We're gonna do some out. yoga after uh, <laughs> we sign off here. Yeah, I need Skype to do that yoga. Too. Yeah, I need to do that too. Well, thank you for uh, waiting for us for eighty-six. Mm -hmm. Did I get it right? Okay, I got it right. You are correct. In the meantime, please visit us at facebook.com/slash/motorificpodcast and motorific.com. Uh, you can email us there. You can message us on Facebook. Then you can find us on our social feeds on Instagram as Motorific Media and Gear Chick. And um, let us know what's going on with you. If you have any things you want us to talk about, I think that would be cool if you shoot us an email or maybe post something on our Facebook wall. And we can, it could be maybe a topic for an upcoming episode. I don't know. If it's just anything in general, you're like, hey, I wish you would talk about this. I don't know. Maybe get some ideas that way. You know, listener feedback is always appreciated. We will talk to you as quickly as we can. We should be, I should be around in two weeks. What about you? Mm. Mm. Yeah, mid-October. Sure. Mid-October. Yes, I will be around as well. So we should be back with you in two weeks on schedule. So thank you. <laughs>